0: Good morning, it's Tuesday, February 20th. I'm Beth Golay and this is Wichita's Early Edition from KMUW
1: News. Would you be able to recognize burnout in your life? We know how we behave and what our life looks like when we have an abundance of resources and we have tons of energy and our life isn't that busy. And then we know what our life looks like when we cannot take on one more thing. And when somebody calls to ask for something, you feel resentment because you are so tired and you do not have that thing to give.
0: I speak with industrial organizational psychologist Emily Ballesteros about her new book, The Cure for Burnout, How to Find Balance and Reclaim Your Life, after the news. Textron Aviation is performing air quality testing at about 30 homes in East Wichita after residents learned of a decades-old chemical spill. KMUW's Celia Hack has more. The Forest Hills neighborhood sits directly west of Textron
1: Aviation near Central and Webb. Before the 1990s, the facility used a toxic chemical known as trichloroethene. In 2022, some residents learned the chemical still contaminated groundwater beneath Textron and their neighborhood. Sarah Selman started alerting neighbors and asking the state for air quality testing in case the chemical evaporated into homes.
0: It was really a very emotional situation because that's most people's largest investment. Your kids live there.
1: The state says indoor air quality testing at 10 homes between 2021 and 2023 did not identify any concerns. But some neighbors were troubled by the results because at least two homes had trichloroethylene in the air, though the levels fell within state standards. For KMUW News, I'm Celia Hack.
0: If you're a voter in Kansas, today is the last day to register to vote or change your voter registration ahead of the presidential primary. Beck Shackelford-Wanganga for the Kansas News Service has more. The Kansas presidential primary will assign delegates to candidates, and those delegates will then nominate a presidential candidate at their party's national convention. Leslie Bush is the field director for the American Civil Liberties Union of Kansas. She says ahead of the deadline, it's important to check your registration status and make sure everything is correct. It's also especially important for this particular presidential preference primary because you have to register with a party to vote in this election. After the deadline, Democratic and Republican voters cannot change parties. Unaffiliated voters can declare a party on primary election day. The presidential primary is March 19th. For the Kansas News Service, I'm Beck shackelford Wanganga. Public schools in Kansas would be able to hire chaplains under a measure being considered by state lawmakers. Here's KMUW's Suzanne Perez. The bill echoes one passed by Texas lawmakers last year. It would allow unlicensed chaplains to volunteer or be hired as school counselors if they get approval from a local school board. Republican Representative Bill Riley of Wellington says chaplains would not espouse a specific religion. He says they would provide much-needed mental health support for students and teachers.
1: Chaplains will be in schools as a moral compass and a moral spiritual guide.
0: Opponents say the bill does not require any training or oversight for chaplains working in schools. They say chaplains should not take the place of school counselors and social workers. For KMUW News, I'm Suzanne Perez. Kansas lawmakers are considering a new grant program aimed at increasing the amount of home-based daycares in the state. Daniel Cottle of the Kansas News Service reports.
1: The program would provide grants to agencies that help train and assist home-based child care providers starting as soon as this summer. Kansas has a significant shortage of childcare, and options that are available can cost parents as much as a mortgage payment every month. The proposed grant program has support from both Republican and Democratic lawmakers. They say it would help recruit new providers and retain existing ones. If lawmakers approved the grant program, it would receive about $10 million in annual funding. For the Kansas News Service, I'm Daniel Caudill at the State House.
0: Farmers in the U.S. are getting older, according to new numbers from the National Census of Agriculture. At the same time, the number of farms is decreasing. Harvest Public Media's Kate Grumke has more. The U.S. Department of Agriculture conducts a census of farmers every five years. This new one shows an aging farmer population and continued consolidation of farms. U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack says this census should be a wake up call.
1: It need not be that every five years we report fewer farms and less farmland. It doesn't have to be.
0: The secretary called on policymakers in his department and in Congress to find new ways to support small farms. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Kate Grumke. The city of Hutchinson plans to turn the historic landmark hotel into an apartment complex. The $13.5 million project will create 40 new apartment units downtown. The Landmark Apartments project aims to preserve the hotel's significant historical value. The building was formerly known as the Stamey Hotel and was one of the premier hotels in the region. The building is now vacant, nearly a century after it was built. Meyer Landmark received more than $1 million in tax credits to finance the project. The Barton School of Business at Wichita State University will offer a hospitality major next fall. The Bachelors of Business Administration and Hospitality program emphasizes entrepreneurship through hands-on projects and internships. Hospitality students will have the opportunity to shadow and interact with industry leaders. Experts say that the hospitality sector is on track to add another 500,000 jobs by the end of the year. The new major will help Wichita State students be part of that growth. Applications are open now for the fall semester. We'll be back after this. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts. This is Wichita's Early Edition. I'm Beth Golay. When it comes to balancing the personal with the professional, the phenomenon of burnout is increasingly common in today's society. Sometimes I feel like I know it all too well. That's why Emily Ballesteros' new book, The Cure for Burnout, How to Find Balance and Reclaim Your Life, captured my attention. During a recent conversation, she told me about the origins of the book and of her own burnout experience.
1: This book was born from one-on-one coaching and then group coaching and then training corporations. So, A lot of the language used is just what the average person is feeling. It's not what I thought people were feeling. It's I wake up from nightmares about work. I have to go cry in conference rooms. It's things that people tell me that they have also experienced.
0: So how do you tackle burnout? And I'm not talking about the reader who is burned out here. I'm talking about you. How do you begin to write a book about this? I mean, it feels like it would be like eating a bran muffin. And the more you chew, the bigger it gets.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, a lot of it was born from initial frustration that there was no simple path forward when you're experiencing burnout. I couldn't find tools that were relevant to the modern kind of workscape. Most people create a solution for a problem they have experienced. And so at a certain point in my career, for about two years at that point, I had been working full-time in corporate training and development. I was getting my master's degree in industrial organizational psychology, taking full-time in-person night classes, and then I was commuting for for two to three hours a day on public transit. So I was experiencing this burnout by volume and I could not find a solution anywhere. And then that translated into, I'm going to just use my professional experience to put together a methodology of things that people have heard of, but that we're not using a combination just to kind of see where their burnout might be coming from, because it is too much to break down if you don't know what you're looking at. And so those five areas that you can look at to consider when you're burned out are mindset, time management, stress management, boundaries, and personal care. And usually if you look at those, people know what areas they might need to strengthen to alleviate their burnout. And just starting with those five makes it a lot easier than knowing there's a hundred different solutions out there.
0: So when we talk about these five, I mean, how are people able to recognize burnout in themselves from these five pillars?
1: There are some universal experiences when it comes to burnout, that mental, emotional, physical exhaustion. It's just kind of prolonged exhaustion over time. And so you can recognize that in yourself. Um, but for these five areas specifically, most people, because a lot of times people who burn themselves out are high achievers or people pleasers. Those are like two of the major groups of people who burn themselves out. They hear those five things and they'll know okay, it's, it's boundaries for me. I've actually been told my entire life that I struggle with boundaries. And I know that that is the weak link that ends up letting in too much work or ends up letting in too many people who end up burning me out. For other people, it's personal care. Personal care is the bottom of their priority list. They haven't taken care of themselves if there's another need somewhere else, a day in their life. Um, so they know that's the weak link. For other people, it's mindset. Like They just know off the back The way that I talk to myself, the way that I manage myself, would burn me out anywhere. And like if people heard how I coach myself, how I talk to myself, they would not be surprised that I'm burned out. So for a lot of people, they can look at those areas and they can just kind of reflect and recognize what areas they might be struggling with.
0: So what are some of the lies we tell ourselves when it comes to burnout?
1: That it's worth it, that it's means to an end. Sometimes It's a busy season and there's a prize at the end of it and it's worth it. And for some people, they love working hard and they take a lot of pride in it and they love their work and so it's worth it to them. But for the average person, especially the average high achiever, they find themselves in repeated cycles of burnout throughout their life. It's just a matter of the next time an opportunity comes around, they'll put it right back on their plate and burn themselves out again. It's really this pattern that you recognize once you see it. And that is the trouble with burnout is it's not one and done. You have to change the way that you are so that you don't keep ending up in this pattern.
0: What if you recognize burnout but do not do anything to alleviate it? What are the risk factors?
1: Yeah. I mean, you're putting your body under stress for an extended period of time, and that is just going to release additional cortisol, adrenaline, sugars, your body is kind of always in fight or flight. And over time, that just causes our system to crash. A lot of times your immune system is compromised. You're not sleeping as well. You uh, exhibit changes and just your overall demeanor. Maybe you're really extroverted usually, and you start to socially isolate. You can't get back to texts and calls and FaceTimes and DMs anymore because you're just overwhelmed. Your baseline is Pretty overwhelmed and you can't take on little things that you might have been able to previously some people start online shopping more often because they're looking for dopamine they start ordering food more often because it's easier and they're tired um, they let things pile up around the house that they're usually able to be on top of we know how we behave and what our life looks like when we have an abundance of resources and we have tons of energy and our life isn't that busy And then we know what our life looks like when we cannot take on one more thing. And when somebody calls to ask for something, you feel resentment because you are so tired and you do not have that thing to give. And if you're really aware of what those two things look like, then it gets easier to notice I'm doing the things that I do when I'm burned out. For me, it's like I'm on my third day of eating Top Ramen. So something's probably not right. So you know what those things are that tell you you're starting to slip into burnout.
0: I hesitate to mention strategies because I'm not sure if they should be looked at individually without the context of the entire book, but are there any easy no-brainer steps you would like to recommend?
1: There's a kind of roadmap section of the book where you go step by step and just make sure you're implementing different things from each section, but the first step in that, if you're just starting from ground zero without having looked at the material in the book, The recommendation to just increase awareness of what your actual situation is, is to track how you're spending the hours of your day for at least two days, if not three days, just to Kind of get your data down, and this can be done very uh, elementary. You can just keep like do this on with a pen on a piece of paper, or you can do it in your phone, or you can look at your existing calendar. But this is the best way to get an accurate picture of how you are currently spending your time, where you're losing time, what's causing you the most stress. After those two three days, look at what you've tracked and notice any patterns notice any lies you might be telling yourself if you tell yourself i work from 9 to 5 but you actually start closer to 8 26 and you finish closer to 5 30 um, that's something to be aware of if you tell yourself you're getting seven hours of sleep but when you track it you're actually getting closer to six find spots where you could make small improvements and get some of your time or energy back. Um, And that's kind of a a starting point. If you're not sure where to start, and you're not sure what your life really looks like uh, when you're looking at the data and when you're observing your own patterns.
0: The Cure for Burnout, How to Find Balance and Reclaim Your Life, is available today. You can hear my entire conversation with Emily Ballesteros in the Marginalia podcast at kmuw.org. Thanks for joining us for Wichita's Early Edition. We'll be back again tomorrow. For KMUW News, I'm Beth Golay. Wichita's Early Edition is part of the NPR Podcast Network.